Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you can please turn with me, we're picking up in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 4. The title of our message is Pleasing God. Pleasing God. I would venture to say if I was to ask uh, those of us that are believers, the question was asked, do you want to please God? I would hope that your answer would be yes. And that should be our heart, that we're here to please God. We want to please him. And we have to be careful that we're not men pleasers. We're not uh, in a way that we're pleasing man so much that we're not pleasing God. And beware of that. Because we, inside of us, all of us, we want to be liked. It's like, oh, I want, I want them to like me. I want them to like me. And so beware of that. You know, oh, they didn't hit just like. They actually hit love. Oh, they love me. It's like, <laughs> beware of those things. That we're not so caught up in what others think of us. We should really, truly be God pleasers. What happened just recently here with the Supreme Court when they overturned Roe v. Wade, and I want to put it up here. This is uh, Psalm 139. It talks about how we're fearfully and wonderfully made. He says, he formed our inward parts. He covered us while we were in our mother's womb. So the, the, the overturning of Roe v. Wade, I believe with all my heart, pleases God. Amen? Yeah, we should clap. <laughs> why, why could we say that? How do we know that it pleases God? Because biblically speaking... In the Bible, it tells us that we're formed in our mother's womb, and that so this could literally save thousands, if not millions, of babies' lives. So this is huge. And then, did you guys see this? This is pleasing to God. Did you see what they did in Texas? Texas Attorney General uh, Ken Paxton declares that abortion is now illegal in Texas. So that's great, because it's, it's given to the states. Guys, you're half asleep, or we should be clapping like crazy with this right now. <laughs> Is it just the first service that's like that? I don't know. So here we go. So, but check this out. Look at what the attorney general did. He called it a holiday. So he gave his, he dismissed his staff and called this day a holiday. Why? Because this is a great celebration. I mentioned this earlier, but literally, check this out. When, months ago, when I was reading the news and I had it up here and it says, and I told you guys, we literally can see uh, the end of Roe v. Wade having it overturned. In my mind, I was doubting. I have to admit, I'm thinking, no, that can't happen. Can that really happen? And God went way beyond anything we can expect. The state of California is next, amen? Did you guys see this as we talk about pleasing God? This does not please God. So the rioting that's going on because of this does not please God. Matter of fact, the, the 110 freeway was shut down because they took over the freeway and it says that they assaulted vehicles that refused to stop for them. Matthew 24, 12 says that lawlessness will increase, will abound, and the love of many will grow cold. Guys, we're living in such days right now, and this is wrong. This doesn't please God. But again, how do we please God personally? That's what we're going to look at here in our text. And I'm going to ask if you can please stand with me, and I just want to read verses 1 through 4. Paul the Apostle writes, 1 Thessalonians 2, verses 1 to 4. 
So Paul, the apostle, writes to the church in Thessalonica, and he says, for you yourself know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in, can we say that out loud, please? Vain. But even after we had suffered before and were spitefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we were bold in our God to speak to you the gospel of God in much, can we say that out loud? Conflict. For our exhortation did not come from error, uncleanness, nor was it in deceit. But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the what? Gospel. Even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but who? God, who tests our hearts. Lord, again, you test our hearts, Lord. We give you that right. It's, you've given us a free will. And I pray, Lord, as we talk about pleasing you, I pray that you would speak personally to us. How can we please you? In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You can be seated. Thank you. So the church in Thessalonica is receiving this letter from the Apostle Paul. This is a church that Paul birthed, if you will. Paul shared the gospel. Many came to Christ. Last week, we looked at how Paul was commending them for the good things that they were doing. This week, he's reminding them. He's reminding them what happened when he was there, how he shared the gospel. We're going to look at that, how there was conflict and how they were bold and and all these things and how he wasn't a man pleaser, but he was pleasing to God. So I want to go back right to verse one and look closer at this, where he says, and you yourself know, brethren, that are coming to you. So he's talking to this uh, new church, this this, uh, infant church that he started. He's in Corinth. He's writing them a letter. And he's saying that, I want to remind you, basically, our coming to you was not in, can we say that out loud? In vain. The, The word vain is... Is, means empty. It wasn't empty. Um, also means that it wasn't lacking purpose. He's saying, when, we ke- when I came to you, it was fruitful. There was a purpose behind Paul the Apostle going there to Thessalonica. He went right to the, the synagogue. He shared the gospel. Three Sabbaths were told in, in Acts chapter 17. So he says it wasn't in vain. Matter of fact, when he shared the gospel, I believe personally, as I look at the story, or the true account of what Paul did, it was beyond anything he expected. Because we're told in Acts 17 that multitudes of the, the uh, Greek speaking, so the Gentiles, multitudes came to the Lord. Many women came to the Lord. The Jewish people, some of them came to the Lord. So he's saying it wasn't empty. And I want to use this part here to talk about, I believe it was beyond anything Paul the Apostle expected. So he's saying it wasn't vain. It wasn't empty. It was beyond anything I could even imagine. When our life pleases God, when we follow the Lord, when we do things God's way, God will do things that are way beyond anything we can expect. Amen? And we should expect the unexpected. Why? Because God can do way beyond anything we can imagine. He has, listen, God has resources that we don't even know of. I recently had a meeting with somebody regarding our uh, homeschool programs. And I thought through it beforehand. I was thinking, okay, I know what this, I know what they're going to want. I, I understand kind of what they're, they're hoping for. And I, I know for sure what we want to do. And I, I thought, how can we bring these two, partner, these two together as a partnership? And I, I was thinking about this isn't going to work and how it's not going to work. And then I'm thinking, well, the best case scenario is right here. Maybe this, maybe we can work something out here. The worst case is over here. That's just not going to work. And so I, I was struggling through all that and just kind of thinking p- through it processing it and just kind of intellectually thinking about everything we can do to make this work. And can I tell you, after the meeting and while I was in the meeting, God did beyond anything we could expect. He really did. It was beyond anything I could come up with. There's nothing I could even think of that great. And I was like, God, 
You're just awesome. You, you went beyond anything that I can imagine. And, and that's God. And, and that's what he does. That's our God. In my devotional time, I'm going through Genesis and, and Revelation. Actually, I'm making my way the second time through Revelation again in my devotional time. But So I'm reading uh, in Genesis 42. And remember in Genesis 42 and when Jacob's sons, remember they went to Egypt because there was a famine, remember that? Remember they came back and they told their father, they told Jacob, they said, you know what, this guy in, in charge, he's, he's really mean. Matter of fact, he took Simeon. Simeon's in jail right now, but we, they, he, this man said, we can't come back unless we have our, our youngest brother with us. Remember that? And do you remember what Jacob's response was? Check this out. This is Jacob's response. He said, all these things are against me. That's his, his, right away he thought, this is all against me. But little did Jacob understand, or Jacob, no, 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 no. All the things that were happening were, were for him, right? Because the man that was so mean, that was his son that he thought was dead. Simeon got out of jail. They had jobs for, for them. They had work for them. They had land for them. They had housing for them. During the feast, excuse me, during the famine, they had a feast, Right? And I, I'm using this to explain the best way I can. Paul the Apostle, when he went, to, when he went there to Thessalonica, he said it, it, it wasn't empty. Matter of fact, it was very fruitful. And I want to encourage you, God's ways are not our ways. His ways are so much better than our ways. And I truly believe if we just follow him and we're just, we just seek his face and, we, and we're, we're just you know, putting him first in our life, God, I know in my own life, he blows my mind. It's beyond anything that I can even imagine. That doesn't mean there's not battles and there's not difficulties. Yeah, yeah, that, that happens. But guess what? Ultimately, God does way beyond anything we can ask for or even think of. Amen? Romans 11.33 goes great with this. It says, oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of who? God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. In other words, it's beyond anything you can even come up with. Isaiah 40, 28, it says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. I hope that's not a picture of your God, that God's up there fainting. And he's worried. He's like, oh, what are you biting his nails? Like, what are we going to do down there? It's really bad. <laughs> no, he's not worried. It says his understanding is unsearchable, beyond anything you can imagine. That's our God. And you guys know this one, Isaiah 55, 8. This is the Lord speaking. It says, for my thoughts are not, what? Nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. You know what that means? It means better than your ways, much greater than your ways. I wonder how often I am, how, wonder, how often we can limit God, what he wants to do, because we just, don't, we, we just don't allow him to work. And my thoughts, then, your thoughts. Back in our text, he goes on to say, but even after we had suffered before and were spitefully treated in Philippi, as you know, we were bold in our God to speak to you the, can we say that out loud, please? The gospel of, the, of God. In much, What? Paul is saying we persevered. Conflict, that word if you're a note-taker, it's an athletic term. It means a contest, a struggling contest that, that Paul was going through. The, 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 the warfare was unbelievable for Paul the apostle when he shared the gospel, but he knew it was entrusted to him. So he's reminding them when we were in Philippi, so Acts chapter 16, remember what happened to Paul when he was in Philippi? Remember, 
Remember, he was walking around and there was a fortune teller that was following him. Remember that in Acts chapter 16? And she was actually telling the truth. Check this out. She was yelling, you know, these guys are the you know, servants of the most high God. And they kept screaming. She kept screaming. Finally, it tells us Paul the apostle got so annoyed. And you would think if that was us, we'd think, no, no, no. Tell, yeah, boast in me. You know, tell me. I'm, I'm a servant of the most high God. No, no. He recognized that was a demon inside of her. She was a fortune teller with a demon. That tells you what, how fortune tellers can do their crazy, weird stuff. He commanded the demon to get out of her. Remember that? in the name of Jesus, and then she was delivered, and she was in her right mind. Well, the, her masters that had much profit because of her fortune teller telling, they were so enraged, they were so upset, they, they, they brought Paul and Silas, and they brought them before the, the, the mob of people, and it says that they stripped them of their clothes in public, and they beat them with rods. And if that wasn't bad enough, they put them in stocks, you know, they, they put them in shackles, and they put him into the lowest part of the, the dungeon, the, the you know, low part of the prison, right? Good thing the story doesn't end there, right? Remember what happened? At midnight, they started praying and doing what? Praising, Praising God. And what happened? Thank you. Yeah, she's, you guys read your Bible. You guys were reading your Bible. These little pockets. Earthquake took place, so much so the, the prison shook, the doors of the prison were open, the shackles fell off, and then the, the guard, the, the guy that was there, he was sleeping, remember that? And he woke up, and what did he try to do? Kill himself, very good. He took a sword, he was going to kill himself. And Paul the Apostle walks out, check this out, and he runs out of the prison. I think I might have ran out of prison. I would, if I saw the guy, the guard with a sword like this, and I'm thinking, whoa, God's even taking care of this guy, the guard. That's good. Thank you, Jesus. No, no, no. Listen, think through this. Paul knew if he was to die, he's going right to heaven, but he realized the guy that's going to kill himself, if he killed himself right then and there, he probably would have went directly to hell. And he cared more about that man than he cared about his own soul. And he, tell, he told the guy, he says, do yourself no harm. We're all here. And the man was so drawn, he fell down to his knees and he says, what must I do to be saved? And Paul said, let us out of prison? No. <laughs> I love what he said. He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your household shall be saved. I believe that was a prophecy because that's exactly what happened. This man's household, was all, they were all saved. And Paul's reminding this church, this new church, says, we went through all that they still had wounds, I believe, on their backs from being beaten severely. And they, he's saying, we, we didn't retreat. We went into your city and we kept preaching the gospel. We were still bold. Thinking through that, if I was Paul and Silas, I might think, well, that was pretty rough, Lord. Can we just let these wounds heal up a little bit and let's take a little siesta, a little time off, maybe sleeping, or take a, a month away from ministry? He's reminding them of that. And, and guys, I want to use this text, this part as we're talking about pleasing God. They, they persevered. When we give the gospel, we're going to have opposition. When we teach the word of God, believe me, we're going to have opposition. When you're worshiping, you're going to have opposition. There's going to be opposition and, and conflict because it's the same. It's the same battle. People, they don't want to hear the truth. A lot of people don't want to hear it. And, and so there'll be conflict. But my encouragement to you, persevere. Don't give up. Keep going forward. 19 years ago when the church was started at the Sunset Beach Women's Club, talk about battles, conflict, Matter of fact, we started with two families, and 
The two families, they got in an argument with one another, and so one of the families just left the church, so we had our first church split. They are right there at the beginning, first and only church split, right there, overnight. We went from two families to one family, overnight. We just, it was it. But the battles, and all I know, the Lord kept ministering to, to, to me, and my wife just persevered. Be consistent. Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep going forward. And let me tell you, you know, being the first and only church in Sunset Beach in over 100 years, they've never had one. The, 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 the ground was tough. It took about seven years. We keep a little small uh, women's center, and it took seven years finally to break through, about seven years just faithfully, just teaching the word, sharing the gospel, and then one by one, people would come from the community. They'd give their life to Christ. They'd invite their friends, and they'd come to Christ, and they'd invite their friends, and they'd come to Christ, and then one by one, people were coming to Christ, and, and God was just ministering to me, just keep preaching, keep teaching, just do what I called you to do. Don't give up. Paul is an example for us. Don't give up. There's going to be conflict. Don't give in. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Don't fall for it. If God's for you, who could be against you? And so just thinking through, I was also thinking through uh, when we met at the women's club, it was, it's still there, but it's in a residential area. How many people know the women's club? Anybody here? Okay, not too many people. So it's in a residential area. It's behind Captain Jack's, right? Guess how much parking space we had? (laughs) Zero. We didn't have a parking lot. Matter of fact, if that's not bad enough, the neighbors would park, and they would park when we first started, they parked right next to the door to get in. They could park right next to it. So we couldn't even open the door about this much to try to get to kind of, the people go to church like this. Okay, we're coming to church. Okay, come on, come on in. Talk about battles. Then finally, Captain Jacks opened up their parking lot for us, so we got people, but that still wasn't enough. So people would park, they'd try to find parking. I mean, many times I'd come to church, I'm on PCH somewhere looking for parking. Had to, you know, we had to look for parking and far, far away. And I remember many times I'm at the pulpit preaching, I could look out, the, so look out this way. So I was looking out the window, and you'd see new people, because you could tell they're new, they're, they're slowing down, they're looking in like this, and go, okay, this is the church, we finally found it, there's a church, but there's no parking. And they'd circle around the street, and you'd see them again, they'd circle around the street, we'd see them again. And then finally, the third time, almost, almost every time, third time, I'd watch them go, and speed up, they'd go take off, and I'd go, oh, I'm, I'm preaching, I'm there goes another one, bye, see you later. <laughs> Sorry. Hopefully next week, never see them again. But my point is that, you know what, just whatever God has called us to do, especially if it's of the Lord, there's going to be conflicts, there's going to be difficulties, but persevere. Great scripture that goes with all this. Hebrews 10.35, listen to this. It says, therefore, do not cast away your, can we say that out loud? Confidence. confidence. In other words, when you get discouraged, you can lose your, your, your Christ confidence and who we are in Christ. And the author of Hebrews is saying, therefore, do not cast away your confidence in who you are, what God has called you to do. Know what God has called you to do. Don't let anybody discourage you. Don't let anybody take you off course. Do what God has called you to do, which has great what? What? The confidence in Christ has great reward. When you keep doing what God's called you to do, you're not listening to what man has to say, but know it's God that's called you to do it. For you have need of, can we say that out loud? Endurance. Maybe there's somebody here today, you have need of endurance to endure. And I would suggest after the service, get some prayer. Ask the Lord to give you endurance to keep pushing forward. Because we're in a battle together. So after you have done the what? The will of God. You may receive the, after you do God's will.
Who are you serving? Hopefully it's God. Is it God's will? Keep doing what he's called you to do, and after you will receive the promise that he's made you. You guys know this one real well. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not do what? Grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap or have the benefit of what we're doing. If we do not do what? Lose heart. That means if we don't give up. Literally, that means don't give up. Don't give up. That's what Paul did. He didn't give up, though there was conflict. Last two verses, he goes on to tell them, this church, this young church that he began, he says, for our exhortation did not come from error or uncleanness, nor was it in deceit, but as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the what? The gospel. Even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but who? God, who tests our hearts. Paul the apostle, after he left, see, We've talked about this already. Paul the Apostle had to leave town because they were trying to arrest him and throw him in jail there in Thessalonica. They were going after him, so he had to leave. And those that were coming against him were Jewish people that were were told that were envious. They were jealous of him. So I'm sure they were talking bad about Paul the Apostle. So Paul's just kind of covering his bases, saying, guys, listen, uh, they might be telling you that I did this for gain, that I did it, I deceitfully, and I deceived you guys. I did it with an impure heart. I had a motive. He's saying, no, no, I had pure motives. I wasn't manipulating you. I wasn't deceiving you. You guys know that. I wasn't doing it to please man. I was doing this to please God. Everything we do, we should make sure we're not doing it to please man. We're doing it to please him. Being a man pleaser is ugly. It really is. I don't mean that we're rude and we're obnoxious. Oh, don't tell me what to do. No, 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 no. There's not, I'm not talking about that. I, I'm talking about you're, you're doing things to impress man and you want approval from man. No, get your approval from him. The Bible even says, beware when all men speak good of you. I personally believe that in context is talking about those in the world that are talking good of you. Beware if all these people in the world say, wow, that guy's great, man. I love this guy. Oh, man, he's awesome. If you're really doing what you're called to do, if they're in darkness, they're not going to like you around them. Believe me, when I was in my dark world and my sister or others were in my life, these bright lights, I didn't want anything to do with them. How is he pleasing God? By sharing the gospel that was entrusted to him. You and I, as believers, we've been entrusted with this wonderful gift the good news of Jesus. You might say, well, what is it exactly? Well, it's good news, but Paul breaks it down real good for us. He tells us exactly what the gospel is in 1 Corinthians 15.1. It says, moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel, which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you are, excuse me, in which you stand, by which also you are saved. We're saved from what? The gospel. When we believe it and receive it, the good news if you hold fast, don't miss this part. If you hold fast the, that word, which I preach to you, unless you believe in vain. If you hold fast the word, unless you believe in vain. I truly believe that if we are lovers of the word of God, there's a, that's a good indication we're really saved. If we don't really love the word of God and love to spend time in the word of God, you might have believed in vain. In other words, it might have been empty. Maybe you didn't really give your life to Christ. Maybe you've never really repented of your sin. You, you need to make sure that... If you don't love the word of God, you might have believed in vain. You might not have repented of your sin. You might not have turned to him. You might not have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. 
But then he goes on and breaks it down, the gospel. Deliver to you first of all that which I also received. What? The gospel. That Christ, this is it, that Christ died for what? Our sins, according to the scriptures. That's the main part of the gospel. Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettit and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.